Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 29 of Geeking with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner, and I am a geeky mom who just got back from Disney World. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I'm joined by fellow geeky mom, Regina McManamy. Hey, Regina. Hey, I did not just get back you're- from <laughs> Disney World. Just- I did get back on the beach. <laughs> but, but your daughter is going to sleep earlier, Yes, apparently. Uh, apparently. That's always a yes, good thing. <laughs> I'm quite happy about that part. <laughs> yes, and joined by our resident dad, Stephen Dutzman, who is editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming. And Stephen, apparently your son just um, supposedly spilled <laughs> soda all over <laughs> some clothes. Let, let me talk about this, kid. <laughs> okay. all right, they need to go back to school. <laughs> Summer is over. I'm done. Um, so they are home now, and that summer camp is over. And so Evan is old enough to babysit. So the three of them hang out at home while my wife and I are at work. Mm-hmm. My wife is seven minutes from the house, um, and we give them some chores every day. It's very straightforward. Yeah. Jake is responsible for loading and unloading the dishwasher, and he's like, "Dad, it's really hard." I'm like, "But you can breed Pokemon." So if you can breed a Pokemon, you can run a dishwasher like that's designed to be kind of idiot-proof. You can read. And there's words on the front. Um, And I've shown you three times. Also, you can breed Pokemon, and that's complicated. So you're fine. And, and, you know, whatever. So everybody, all three of them have their own little stuff, age-appropriate. And Jake is 10, Mm -hmm. almost 11. Yeah. You know. So... Um, today he was, uh, tasked with emptying and loading the dishwasher, which is like normal, right? You empty it. You're supposed to load it if there are things to put in there. Um, his most recent argument was that you, you only load it if there's enough to immediately run it, which is obviously not correct. That's like, Uh, that's like, I don't know. (laughs) All right. We might disagree on that, but I'm terrible about cleaning. I'm absolutely terrible. I will admit that. So, okay. um, so, so that the, may be a false assumption on my part. Well, you know what? He can come <laughs> hang with you. I'm sure you guys would be fine. He likes dragons. Um, there is, and, and frankly, I would be cool with that also. However, there is one person who is very critical to all of these decisions that does not believe that, and that is the general. Right. Um, and the general right. is very clear. And so uh, today he was tasked with that, and he still... If I were to wake him up right now and be like, did you do that on purpose? He'd be like, no, that was an accident. But it was just so convenient that (laughs) his cup of soda, which, by the way, wasn't even on that counter. So, like, he walked to the other side of the room, picked it up, was drinking it, and just happened to spill it into an open dishwasher full of dishes. And then he just, without even thinking about it, he just shut it put a pot in and started it and then went to go get a beach towel to spill, to clean up the rest of the stuff that he spilled, which was just, I was just like, what are you doing? So yeah, it was, it was, a, we've had a day. <laughs> we've had a day. Um, <laughs> all of the electronics in our home are in my wife's purse and they're coming to work and we have the Xfinity XFi app now. Um, uh-huh. And Evan pulled me aside today and said that my wife has too much power because her <laughs> device she can turn the internet on and off. And um, he's like, Dad, Mom has too much power. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think she has enough power. Um, 
Oh, and teenagers. Boy, what we have to look forward to, Richard. Yeah, this is what you guys have to look forward to. Um, yeah. And he uh, apparently, because you know how, like, if you share iCloud accounts between an iPad and an iPhone, if you download an app on the iPhone, it immediately downloads on the iPad. Right. So my mm-hmm. wife downloaded the XFi app. Apparently, the XFi app was also on the iPad, iPad and was logged in because of the way because it logs in based on your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so uh, Evan, at the very last thing today, told us that uh, Jacob was messing around with it and turning devices on so he could do stuff. And <laughs> oh. I was like, "Oh man!" And this was after Jacob had been sent to bed. <laughs> and so like he's gonna wake up tomorrow morning and he's it's gonna be he's not gonna have a great day um <laughs> and i i mean I, to be honest mad respect for using the xfi app um yeah. yeah i got respect for that but i still you know it's like but you're still in trouble <laughs> yeah um and meanwhile maggie's just got her kindle and she's just chilling watching netflix she just doesn't care yeah. She's just like, I'll be over here watching Glitter Force Doki Doki or some nonsense. <laughs> Which is an actual thing. I didn't make that up. <laughs> no, I believe you. I believe you. Anna has been watching um, and been very much uh, uh, attracted to uh, Captain Underpants lately. Oh, Captain God. Underpants and is pretty strong style. It's pretty yeah. strong style. And I'm like, I would, you yeah. know, as a writer... Never really want to say a bad thing about another writer, but goddamn Dave Pilkey, or however you say his name, dude, making my life miserable <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think this is uh, this is clearly um, like I I think Captain Underpants is hilarious. So <laughs> the like that this is just where it really comes down to like it's a dude thing. Or a little kid thing. Yeah, it's a little kid thing, I'm sure. Yeah, but also still. a dude thing, because I'm because yeah. we're kind of like little kids. Yeah, I guess. But like, she checked out like every single Captain Underpants book from the library this year, like yeah. every single one, and she was of upset. which there are many. Yeah, she was upset when one of them wasn't available. Like some other kid had it out, and she couldn't get it that week. And I'm like, oh my god, I had to tell her you have to check something else out. No Captain Underpants for the rest of the year. Because, like, I mean, it's great that she wants to read and she, you know, she wants to talk about what she reads. And I'm like, I cannot, I just, I cannot with this Captain Underpants stuff. It's just, it's just so stupid. I mean, it's definitely stupid. Spoilers, (laughs) that's the point. I just, I just want to make it very clear. I know. He set out with the purpose of making something really, really stupid. Yeah. And he succeeded. Yes, he did. Yes. Very much so. Um, you know, as much as he's making my life um, difficult and unpleasant, I am happy that as a writer he was able to be very successful with his creation. Um, so, I just got back from Disney World. Seven days, parks, every single day. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, with the exception of uh, one day where I went shopping with my sister and Isaac took Anna to one of the water parks. Um, so went with my sister and her kids. I haven't seen my sister in four years. So this was a big deal. Um, and my nieces, oh my God, like her oldest one is now 13. And so the last time I, I saw her, she was nine. 
And there is a big change between nine mm-hmm. and thirteen. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. The other one is like you know she was um she was like seven. She was seven the last time I saw her. And she's eleven now. That's just that's not as bad. Like she still seems like a little kid, basically. You know. Right. But the teenager now, man. Wow. That's all I have to say. Is wow. Um. But I do want to talk about one thing in particular, and that is the brand new ride at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure, which is Hagrid's magical creature motorbike adventure something. It has like a bazillion words in the name. Um, But this ride, oh my God, as Steven would like to say, this ride is the truth. Um, It's it's brand new this year, so the wait for it. insane um because like we we booked it like immediately to the line for this ride because we knew it was going to be insane it wasn't nearly as insane as um i grew up uh in ohio in uh northern ohio which is where cedar point is and when a new roller coaster would open at cedar point man it would be like running of the bulls to get to the line for that this wasn't quite that bad (laughs) there was a lot of brisk walking by the time we got to they had somebody holding a sign with like this is the end of the line and they're like it's three hours wait from here and it didn't take three hours it took us about two hours but it was worth every single minute it's like the most surprising and well um worked into the theme roller coaster i have ever ridden now it's not like oh my god it's got so many loops and it goes so you know super fast and it's got this big tall hill i don't think it even had a hill at all but the way that it's set up is the train is like half like um propped up on so it looks like a motorcycle seat and a sidecar um and it just it just does everything so beautifully. So like it's one of those launch roller coasters. So it doesn't have like um, like a mechanic where it goes up the hill and then lets you go and lets speed take over. It has a launch, which fits very well with riding a motorcycle. The theme. Yeah. yeah. So you take off, and at one point, you know, you hear Hagrid's voice. He's like, "Punch it!" And then it like shoots you even faster which is super cool. It was a lot faster than I expected it to be, but still, you know, nowhere near other stuff that I've ridden. But the one thing that was really cool is that you're, you're going around this thing, you get to a point where the track ends, and Hagrid's like, oh, oops, the track ends. And so you, <laughs> so you go backwards um, into this, you go backwards for a while sort of into this cave thing, and it says that you've been caught in Devil's Snare. Um, and so, like, I know, you know, going backwards, you know, they're going to eventually, you know, make you go forwards again. And they, they show you, like, I was watching, I could see the piece of the track moving that would put us in a position to go forward again. But that was all a trick because they say the spell to get rid of the devil's smear, which is like Lumos, I forget the what it is. But anyhow, you hear yeah, that said. It's like a fire yeah, spell. And you drop through the devil's snare like it's not a huge drop but it's like at least a few feet like on a roller coaster ride dropping to a different part of the track which was so surprising and so awesome at the same time especially since they're faking you out letting you see this piece of the track move um but that's one of the things that that was awesome about it um anna did not enjoy it (laughs) it was too fast for her um, uh, she did not enjoy many of the Harry Potter rides. 
Yes. One of, so as you can, uh, as anybody who's been to Universal Studios knows, lots of those rides are sort of like immersive motion simulator type rides. So needless to say, I did not ride most of them because yeah. of my motion sickness. Motion sick. Like I can handle regular yeah. roller coasters because I can see the track in front of me and know right. what's coming. But like the motion simulator stuff, I just cannot deal with. So they went on um, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, which if you look up stuff about this ride is pretty intense to begin with. Like people who don't normally get motion sickness get sick on this ride. Um, mm. So they went on that um, and she did not like that ride either. So I didn't go on it. I asked the person, I'm like, okay, where's the exit? So I can wait at the exit. Um, and it, you know, exited into a gift shop of course. So I was sitting on a bench outside of this gift shop and I, after about 15 minutes or so after they went into the ride, I just hear wailing and it's wailing I can recognize. And I'm like, Oh man, Anna did not enjoy that ride. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but she had fun, you know, she, she really, you know, enjoys the amusement parks. But one of the things about universal, since I did not ride many of those rides and since it has a large, Harry Potter section to it is I played a whole heck of a lot of Wizards Unite while I was there. I actually, I leveled up three times. Oh, nice. <laughs> the trip was amazing because there were inns everywhere. So I could just keep, everywhere, yeah. um, you know, refreshing yeah. my spell power and then did wizarding challenges when I had them. So, but, um, but yeah, so it was a very cool trip. Very exhausting um, if we do it again, we're going to uh, spend more time there and sort of cut the uh, uh, amusement park day after day after day thing because that was pretty brutal. Yeah, it's the Disney Death March. You did it the is. Disney Death March. It is like it's not like that with Disneyland. Disneyland has two parks, you know, so it's not like the crazy number of parks that you have there. One of the cool things, though, is we stayed at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, and we sprung for the Savannah view, quote unquote, and we're like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll check it out. We weren't expecting to see much of anything like, oh, maybe there's a zebra in the distance, but no, like giraffes, zebras, wildebeest, like right outside the window. So we were very pleasantly surprised and happy with that outcome that it actually was worth the extra money to stay on that side of the hotel. So. Yeah. But anyhow, so Regina, you just got back from the beach. Yes, I went up and visited a friend in Gig Harbor, which is not too far from you guys. Yeah. Um, who was visiting from San Diego with her family. Mm. Um, so yeah, we just went on a boat, which Iris is also not terribly fond of. <laughs> I wouldn't be terribly fond of that either. <laughs> speed, but it's a speedboat, so it was you know windy, uh, and uh, we went out to an island in the middle of the um, sound um, that has like a spit that goes like really far out. You could walk like all the way from one island to another mm. at the lowest of low tides. Um, she loved being on the island, and she loved being in the ocean mm-hmm. and like all of that. But the um, like the next day, I was like, "Do you want to go on the boat again?" She's like, "No, no, <laughs> yeah. no." And we went swimming at the Y, which is, like, not something we can do at home, but um, that's what she wanted to do when we stayed an extra day. She's like, I want to go back to the Y. And I was like, okay. well, okay, yeah, sure. Swimming. I get it. The water's warm. Right. 
<laughs> the water in the ocean was not warm. Yes, yes. But then, and then we're going away again this coming week. So uh, we have like all these little vacations planned. So that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Stephen, have you yep. taken any vacations this summer? Yes, I uh, I took one to cover E3. Oh. <laughs> um, and that that was pretty much it. Now we don't we don't really we haven't been able to go anywhere because we've been broke. Oh. <laughs> We're just gonna hang out, but that's okay. Um, because you know we're just gonna make it through the summer. Yeah. We we do a thing with our family in the in the fall. Ah. Uh, so okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk all about that then. So, today, we are recording on August 7th. Today, the FTC had a big summit about loot boxes because everybody, you know, has been discussing and upset with sort of things that have been going on with loot boxes. So, a few important things came out of that. The ESA, um, the Entertainment Software Association, Released this press release saying, like, we're going to deal with it. Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft, and lots of their other um, members are all on board. They're going to um, give the odds, publish the odds for loot boxes. All of that's going to be implemented by the end of 2020, which, you know, makes sense. It's it's good to know the odds. Um, but that's not the most interesting thing that came out of this summit. Um, some of the more shady dealings of publishers came out of this summit in that um, we learned that lots of content creators were being asked by the publishers to sort of misrepresent the loot boxes by giving them more favorable odds when they open loot boxes on their channels, making people thus think, oh, it's easy for me to get this thing when really it's not that easy. So that's not cool. Uh, in other situations there, there were, there was a manager for some, I don't even remember some of, he, he represents some of the content creators and, um, apparently at least one of those, um, creators had been, you know, approached, um, for this type of thing, which game publishers, man, oh man, um, But at the same time, it's nice to see that some action is being taken on this front. So hopefully the whole Mm -hmm. hubbub about it will calm down a little bit. Uh, And it is, you know, it's a good thing and it makes sense. People should know the odds on these things and before they spend a crap ton of money on them. Yeah. Um, Well, I think the the hidden part of that, um, like the bonus to that is like right now the odds are really bad. Like they just are. We know they are. I mean, I know they are. (laughs) Um, and, um, so they're not going to show these bad odds to the public. So, um, they're going to get better because they can, and then they're going to make the drop rates for things better. And then they're going to show them to the public and then they're all going to just stop using loot boxes in general. Yeah. Like, I I really think this, this is what this is, is they're just going to nuke them. They're just nuking them from orbit in the most polite way as possible. Mm. They're not saying you can't do it. Because it works perfectly in the mobile space, and nobody's complaining about it on mobile, um, because that's just kind of accepted. Mm-hmm. It's just they're they're gonna put the odds out, and then I think everybody's gonna move to the Fortnite model. Mm. Everybody's gonna do what um, Rocket League is doing, which I'm sure you're gonna talk about in a moment. But yeah. like everybody's just gonna switch it, and I think we'll all be better for it. Like they tried a thing, they pushed it, they knew that they could kind of test human nature. <laughs> 
and it worked yeah. very, very well, and uh, Electronic Arts flew too close to the sun. Yep. Yeah. And and it, it, if it wasn't them, it would have been Activision the next year with Call of Duty, or... I mean, like, could you imagine if it was Call of Duty? Yeah. Like, it would have... That would have upended, like... I, I mean, I don't even know. Like, they lost... They lost... They laid off, like, hundreds of people for missing projections. If they actually succeeded in turning people sour against Call of Duty? Yeah. That, I mean, I, I, I'm i glad it was EA, because at least they can absorb it because of Madden and FIFA. <laughs> like, it was just a Star Wars game. Yeah. Like, oh, man. So, I think this, this is perfect. This is such good news. Yeah. It's such good news. They're just going to go away, <laughs> and, and everybody's going to be better for it. And in the meantime, drop rates for skins are going to go up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Take advantage of it while you can, as long as you know what you're spending and are doing it responsibly. Um, but, as long as you're being responsible. Yes. And like you said, um, Psionics, ha- are, they're the f- first ones that are taking loot boxes out of Rocket League completely um, by the end of this year. So, um, they, I mean, that developer is really blazing the trail with lots of things. Like, they're the ones that really... They were the first ones that really called attention to the need for cross-platform um, play, and uh, and now they're going to be the one removing the loot boxes. Lots of respect for Psionics. They're really, you know... I mean, it doesn't hurt that they got that Epic Games money. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But they didn't start... I mean... <laughs> they didn't start with the Epic Games money, so... It's true. It's true. No, they... Huge amount of respect to... I can't play that game worth crap, but I respect them. <laughs> Yeah, um, so though that's that. Good news. Um, somewhat worse news. <laughs> um, and I didn't even know about this until I, I logged on Twitter today and I saw the boycat, Boycott Borderlands 3 was trending. And I'm like, what is this all about? So yeah, it turns out there's a big movement to boycat, Boycott Borderlands 3 for a couple of reasons. One, which is the um, the head of Gearbox Software, which develops Borderlands, is just a big. He's not a nice person, um, and like he's been accused of assaulting people, and he's just, you know, it's funny that 2K sort of um, has these companies with reputations for the heads of their studios being really terrible people, um, because they own Take Two as well, um, Grand Theft Auto makers um but anyhow so the the other thing that's sort of insidious about this borderlands thing is that there was a youtuber who was uh talking about leaked content 2k got all in a in a in a hissy fit about this wanted to find out where he got his sources okay fine understandable but they sent private investigators to this poor person's home to try to find out where he got his stuff. And that's just not cool. Um, and sort of brings up um, something that I was talking to Stephen Regina about before we started recording, is that in this age of these sort of innocent, well, not always innocent, but content creators who get into this business not really knowing um, how hard publishers can play, um, they're getting beat up by publishers and they don't know how to respond to it, um, which is kind of um, unfortunate because you wouldn't see this type of behavior made towards 
IGN or GameSpot, but these smaller people, yeah. the publishers feel like they can really go after them and intimidate them. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that this guy spoke up about that because I'm sure that it's not the only time that this has happened. So yeah, I mean, could you imagine like if Kotaku or if uh, Ubisoft went after Kotaku, right? And like just tried to rip apart Jason Schreier over him leaking every Assassin's Creed game ever, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> they they don't because they yeah they go after these mid tier YouTubers. And and they're and the reality is they're not journalists, so they don't know how to handle it. Right. Right? Yeah. Like they're T V personalities at best. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. I, but man, and so like I I don't I, I mean I feel bad for the guy. Um but it sounds like he's he's gonna come out of it okay. Yeah. But man, Randy Pitchford just <laughs> God, he sucks so <laughs> yeah. bad. He's he's almost on the Hauser brother level at this point. Oh, like man, I said, he's so bad. 2K with these these terrible toxic people heading their studios, which is just yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so let me tell you, I'm conflicted about Borderlands. I love Borderlands. Okay, it's so dumb. But it's, like, genius, right? Like, it's a first-person shooter Diablo. Like, there's nothing quite like shooting, like, some crazy dude in the desert and, like, guns flying everywhere. Right. Like, <laughs> pinata, moth. Like, it's just so good. And it's so satisfying. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I want to play it. But, like, I have to say, like, I am conflicted about buying this game. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm in, 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 like, running out to, like, boycott it, but I think, like, I just don't know if it's cool for me to buy it because of all of this crap. Now, you said that you had a counterpoint to that because you know that I'm waffling. Right. So my counterpoint... So you have, like, a right hook. ...is that uh, Randy Pitchford and 2K are not all of the terribly talented and invested developers that are really behind this game. Boycotting this game and making its sales not meet expectations will likely result in the laying off of many very talented developers. So that's why I think you should not boycott because developers need jobs. They pour their hearts and so I'm biased, but they pour their hearts and souls into these games. And it's got to be crushing to know that people don't want to play your game or see your creation because your boss is a big jerk. So, there's that. Yeah, but and that is why I am conflicted. <laughs> okay. I'm probably going to buying it anyway because at the end of the day, well, like ethical consumption is really hard in 2019. Yeah. Right. Like, I text you guys on an iPhone, <laughs> right? Which is like a giant mess of ethical issues. Right in the way that it is produced, right? So, and I, and we group chat on Facebook, which is another, like, ethical quagmire. <laughs> so, like, part of me is, you know, is, it's the ethical consumption thing is, like, it's impossible. So, like, I'll just, you know, I'll make up for it by eating an impossible burger next week or something, you know, and just kind of <laughs> have to, you know? And... Um, which they're coming to Dunkin' Donuts, by the way. They're making impossible sausage. Wow. Um, 
I'm way more excited about Impossible Sausage than I am about Impossible Burgers. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's because I'm German. <laughs> why? Everything makes me happy. Why? Um, uh, okay, first of all, I got a question. Why would you go to Dunkin' Donuts for something other than donuts and coffee? I don't understand that. Is there breakfast? Oh, their breakfast, sand- their breakfast sandwiches are killer, dude. Oh, they okay. They have bagels. Yeah. No, their breakfast sandwiches are absolutely slamming. Okay. No, they're really good. Normally, I just go get an iced coffee. I mean, if we're changing the subject because you're right, it got into a weird spot. Um, <laughs> normally, I'll go and I'll drop my $3 on an iced coffee and call it a day. But if I'm hungry, they have some really awesome breakfast sandwiches. Okay. Um, and they have breakfast wrap things that are like $2, and they are perfect for a six-year-old. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I, I bring donuts when I like go someplace. Like if I need to bring like something to like work or whatever, I'll bring uh-huh. in a dozen donuts. But like if I'm feeding myself, I, I won't get a donut. <laughs> Munchkins. Munchkins are freaking amazing. <laughs> I miss Munchkins so Munchkins bad. Munchkins so good. No idea. Those are, those are donut holes. Right. Uh, yeah. For you. I don't but know they're... if she knows. I know. Um, I oh, okay. lived in, in the I've Midwest. I've mentioned that before. Oh, that's they right. They are Dunkin' Donuts in the Midwest. Okay. <laughs> they've done a they've okay. done a lot of work to try and revamp the non-coffee and donut side of the house. Uh-huh. Um, okay, go ahead, Regina. I don't want to interrupt you. I, I do want to say a little bit about this, just because um, this comes up, you know, like you're talking about ethical consumption. And like Nicole's talking about, how much people like game development is not something one person makes. Mm. Yeah. Right. That it's, there's so much more to it. There's so much more that goes into it. So I think that that's important to consider. Um, I had a really controversial article I posted years ago when, um, people were talking about boycotting packs. Mm. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, Nicole, but it was with the, uh, Game and Tycho, and I can't remember oh, which one of them right. has the stupid yes. mouth, but one of them always says stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, and so he had said something dumb again. Um, and I had defended PAX because I said that, you know, I would continue to attend PAX because, um, PAX is bigger than Gabe and Tycho. Yeah. Like they're irrelevant to what PAX is. Like PAX is community paxes you know the game industry paxes about gamers like it transcends the two of them like it's awesome that it started that they started it and it started from their comic but they're irrelevant to the event itself and what it signifies and i'd say the same thing in this situation where you know the game you know like you said steven borderlands i don't know borderlands is one of my all-time favorite franchises like i absolutely love borderlands so it would be really hard for me not to you know want to play it um i mean my my likelihood of playing anything at this point is so low <laughs> that it's not even a, anything i really have to question but um, I would be, it would be hard pressed not to play Borderlands just because I love it mm-hmm. so much. But, um, but I think we do need to think about the fact that it's not like, you know, you're boycotting a book because of the author, like that's one author, yeah. you know, that's, that's a little, that can be a little bit more personal. Even you can boycott, like, you know, people boycotted Wonder Woman because of Palestine and Israel, like, yeah. you know. You know, there, there are people, people will pick anything, not, not anything, but people will, will pick their fights and they, they pick their battles and stick by them. But I think we really do need to look in like a broader context for, you know, what games are, what they mean and all, and all that. So, yeah. 
I just had to add that perspective. I think that is valuable context. Yeah. 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 Because the industry is so volatile to begin with as far as job mm-hmm. security and everything that, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into that too much, but there are other people, other people, many other people besides Randy Pitchford. Randy Pitchford probably actually didn't really work on the game at all. Uh, so, you know, take, yeah, keep yeah. that in mind. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Even though yeah. he supposedly pays, paid himself like $12 million or something crazy like that. So anyhow, I really feel bad for, like I said, for the people that, that work on that game and unfor- have the unfortunate um, circumstance of working under somebody like that. Um, yeah. So, but anyhow. Yeah, they, I could you imagine like if the three of us worked there and like every Saturday, like we, we text each other and we're like, damn it, guys, again. <laughs> right. Again. Yeah. Can we just like go work for Rockstar, I guess? Because like. <laughs> Just then, we don't have to worry about this crap, right? You know, like it's just we just put out guaranteed smash success after smash success. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You you guys are right. I'm, I mean, I'm conflicted, but at the end of the day, it's Borderlands, and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna shoot some crazy people in the desert, and apparently, yeah. not the desert because there's more than one biome, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, cool. So That'd anyway, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, let's see. So, what else in games? So, there was some new Pokemon stuff announced today. Yeah, so there's a Pokemon that looks like a bomb. <laughs> um, so, Pokemon Sword and Shield takes place in Britain. I think that might need, need to be the title of the episode. Yeah, the Pokemon <laughs> looks like a bomb. Um, so, it, th- all the different regions in Pokemon are based on, like, places, mm-hmm. right? So, like, Pokemon X and Y was set in... Paris. It's not actually Paris, it's a region, but it was Paris. And Black and White was set in New York City. And Alolan, Alola, Sun and Moon was Hawaii, you know, etc. Yeah. This is Great Britain. So, um, and they've really been leaning into this. And so, um, one of the new kind of things they did with Sun and Moon is that there are specific, there are form-specific varieties of um, region-specific varieties of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So there were Alolan form Pokemon, like Alolan form Vulpix was ice type and was white, this wa- beautiful white fox, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so now we have the Galarian region, and so they are British. And so Weezing, who is the one from the, the anime that everybody remembers, that was like the two little, like, spheres that just kind of float, um... Well, they have smokestacks on their head, um, and they have uh, mustaches because they, you know, British and industrial, like, um, but because they're two spheres that are, like, roughly connected to each other with two smokestacks on top of them, they 100% look like a bomb. Um, there's just, like, literally no other way you could do it, and... The other thing that they uh, revealed, they, I mean, they revealed a bunch of stuff, um, but the other thing, thing that's really interesting is they revealed, like, the enemy team. Like, there's always an enemy team. And uh, this time it's Team Yell. And they're obnoxious fans. Is the, <laughs> nice. Which I think is just, like, the, the most biting commentary. But really, they're soccer hooligans. Right. It's like their entire bit. Is they're just soccer hooligans. Wow. Um, and they're just running around with Vuvuzelas and like yelling. And I think 
they're just leaning so far into just really dumb British stuff that I'm just all, like, I was already all in, but now <laughs> the fact that the villain in, one of the villains in this game is is angry fans, I'm just so happy. Um, <laughs> You know, whatever, it's Pokemon. Yeah. It's Pokemon. They still haven't shown us the evolutions of the starters yet, which my son and I were talking about that today. It's actually kind of interesting because at this time in the cycle for Sun and Moon, we already knew. Mm. So it's very interesting that we don't know how they evolve yet. I'm sure we're going to find out yeah. before launch. Um, but is lo- whatever, is it, 100 days. Is it this holiday that that's coming out? November 15th. Okay. November 15th is the big day. Um, the same day as the Star Wars game. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. They're just like, check it out. Star Wars v. Pokemon. We're obviously going to buy Pokemon. <laughs> right. I was going to say that maybe, I mean, there's there's definitely crossover there, but they're kind of probably a little bit different audiences. So Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, the, the, the Venn diagram definitely overlaps, right? But like, the the people in the middle will absolutely buy both. Right. You know, because the, if you're that into Pokemon, you're a giant nerd. <laughs> and I mean that as a guy who is a giant nerd. Right. I was going to say, that's um, coming from a giant nerd, yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I LARP. I can't really. So, <laughs> right. Um, you got do, nothing. Can I give you another interesting uh, video game-related controversy that you'll find super hilarious? Yes, please. So Evo was this past weekend. Right. We always talk about it. I'm not going to get into too many details, but... Um, during the Tekken 7 Top 8, mm-hmm. um, a video popped up that had um, that, that was the codex from Metal Gear Solid and featured um, a recording that had been taken of, because you know how David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake, mm-hmm. if you walk up to him with a microphone, he will just talk like Snake into your microphone. <laughs> Like, if I found him, I could probably get him to say, get your family game on as Solid Snake, which, bucket list. <laughs> um, so they had him saying some stuff, and then it, like, immediately got, like, shut down. Like, it was a mistake that they put that video up. And it was definitely meant to tease or, you know, imply that Solid Snake was being revealed as a guest character in Tekken 7, mm-hmm. which would not be unheard of, considering the two guest characters so far have been... Noctis mm. from Final Fantasy 15 and Negan from The Walking Dead. Mm. Um, so, like, Solid Snake definitely fits in with those three. Yeah. Um, but it turned out that it was untrue. Everyone was very confused. News sites were reporting on it. Um, but Evo had to come out and say, oh, by the way, that was us. We didn't talk to Konami. We didn't. That was just us kind of making a joke. And then David Hayter responded. <laughs> And he was like, oh, and by the way, please don't use my voice to promote other games without speaking to me. And, like, the I universe was yeah. just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all fun and games until, like, you you pit Konami versus Bandai Namco because of your dumb fighting game tournament. I mean, <laughs> quote-unquote dumb fighting game tournament. Like, it sells out the Mandalay Bay arena. But, um, yeah, so that was that was some drama. They learned a lesson, because Evo is like E3 for fighting games. Yeah. Like, they announced so much stuff. And so you can't really mess up. Like, I think they learned a lesson. You can't really screw around. Yeah. 
So anyway, that happened. <laughs> Evo was great, though. Yeah. I enjoyed myself. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. That's the least I've talked about Evo in the history of our podcast. This this is the truth. This is the truth. So I I respect that. So we're going to move on. Yes. I appreciate that, Stephen. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so let's... Movies and TV. I'm going to start out with this piece of news I just shared with you guys because I just saw it on Facebook. But um, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, who are the showrunners of Game of Thrones, have just signed a deal with Netflix for a nine a nine figure deal, which means that's at least a hundred million dollars um, yeah. to make uh, TV shows and movies for Netflix. Now they had been being courted by everybody, HBO, Disney, everybody had been courting them, but Netflix has won. Um, so so that's a big deal. So I'm super interested to see what these guys do next. Obviously, um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to me that Netflix actually, you know, ended up winning it since they've been, you know, Game of Thrones was HBO and HBO was one of the networks that was courting them. But that's um, it's actually, I mean, it's a pretty safe bet, but it is a big one for Netflix. I don't think that they've signed this level of a deal with anyone else. Have they? Have you guys heard of that? Um, I, I mean that big of a deal i don't no. think so yeah. but but they've made many many deals i mean they spent what like three billion on original content last year or something yeah. crazy like that that they they know yeah that the they're, war they're, is coming i mean they're killing it like yeah. <laughs> there's constantly new netflix original content yeah. both in kid stuff and yeah. adults so i mean you can't keep up there's so much yeah and it seems that it seems out, at so. some point they're just like throwing things at the wall and see what'll stick yeah. because lots yeah, of these exactly. things aren't being renewed after one season. Right. So um Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, they're doing enough, like their their hits are, you know, sort of offsetting the cost of the ones that don't work. Um so um so yeah, so so there's that. Other big news in movies and TV is Disney has announced Disney Plus Hulu, ESPN Plus bundle for twelve ninety nine a month. It's going to be launching in November. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we knew that something like this was coming, um, but they officially announced it. Uh, everybody's super excited about it. I'm eh, like, I have absolutely no need for ESPN. None whatsoever will I ever need anything on ESPN. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. Um, I was like, uh, uh. yeah. And Hulu, okay. you know, you can get through pretty much everywhere. I subscribe to it through it at this point because of the amazing deal they had last Thanksgiving. Um, and Disney Plus is very attractive to me because of all of the original yeah. stuff that they're going to be putting on yep. there. But um, it's cool that there's a package, but I don't, you know, I don't know if that has sold me on it. Yet. I mean, there's. A- I don't think that package is for everybody, though. Yeah. I think this is one of those. It's clearly they know Disney Plus. The bulk of the people that get it are going to be buying the just Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do the big bundle because um, uh, this is something you guys probably wouldn't know because you're not sports folks. Uh, but um, ESPN Plus includes ESPN Insider. 
So it actually not only is a TV thing, but it but it actually interfa- like you get access to articles that you wouldn't be able to read on their website, mm. like premium stuff. So there's there's a lot of like there's hidden value in that for sports fans. Mm. So for us, it was a no brainer. Because I play fantasy football, so the best fantasy football articles are all hidden behind that paywall. Oh, okay. I buy that in. I buy that in a heartbeat. I've been trying to figure out a way to justify ESPN Plus. It's like three bucks a month or something right now. But like, now I don't have to worry about it. I just didn't <laughs> want to pay, have like an extra bill, right? But yeah. now paying the extra little bit, and we don't use Hulu, but I'm sure we would find a we would use stuff. You yeah. Know? But man, Disney Disney Plus by itself, ignoring the bundle, Disney Plus is a no brainer. Mm. Yeah, like they just sent us all a bill. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just who? It, I mean, I I know there's a lot of folks feature kids first. You know, it's easy for me to say. Like, but who isn't? <laughs> but like, I don't think that there is a better value for seven bucks a month. Mm. I mean, in, as far as television programming, you know, even if the shows kind of suck. Which I don't think they will. Seven bucks a month for access to the entire Disney vault. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. I know that's not exactly your jam, because many of those are princess movies that you would like to throw into the ocean. But, <laughs> um, but you know, whatever. Emperor's New Groove will be on there. That one's good. <laughs> Emperor's New Groove. Tell me you at least like the Emperor's New Groove. I actually haven't watched it. Oh, I've Jesus. never seen that either. Guys. <laughs> okay. Hold on. We're going to stop this I haven't watched Hercules either. I'll let that one slide, because Hercules <laughs> is just a weird princess movie um, with a dude in it. I mean, so it's, like, fine. Like, Hercules follows the standard protocol of Disney films. Yeah. So if you don't like the the most of them, then you probably wouldn't like that one. Um, I'm a little hurt that you guys wouldn't have watched my favorite Disney movie of all time, but it's fine. <laughs> I understand. I guess I'm I'm overestimating our friendship, but um, Emperor's <laughs> New Groove, John Goodman, David Spade, like it is not it 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 doesn't feel like it like a quote unquote Disney movie. It is okay. so funny. It is so <laughs> just the references in it are so good. Um, the villain, Isma, is hilarious. Just, this is one of those things, it is a part of nerd culture, and there's so much memeing in this movie that I think that you'll, it's kind of like if I were to watch all of Game of Thrones, like, next month. Like, I would understand nerd culture a little bit more, because okay. it's, Emperor's New Groove is in there, man. It's right in there. You have to watch Emperor's New Groove when you get Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Have to. Okay. Okay. I will agree to that. <laughs> it's an hour and a half of your time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I honestly, you know, uh, I'm sure we probably will, but, um, you know, Isaac and I have been waffling I mean, on Disney Plus. And respect. Oh, I mean, if you don't buy it, then that's different. Respectfully, I did watch the entire last season of Game of Thrones. So y'all can watch Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that that's fair. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to... We'll come back to, to Disney stuff in a minute, but I'm going to jump because I want to talk about this with Regina. I know Steven doesn't watch it. Oh, but yes. Handmaid's Tale. I made sure. I made sure to catch up today. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, I was on... Va- well, but I've seen, like, the episode that came out today, yes, too. Yes, yes. I that watched one? that today okay. as well. Um, okay. Okay. 
so spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, also, season finale <gasps> is coming next week, um, which oh. is very cool. So, but man, last week's episode, I audibly cheered <laughs> <laughs> in two places. One, when the Waterfords crossed into Canada and got arrested. I'm like, <laughs> So, uh, which had a nice little twist, um, which was revealed right, in, yeah, in this did. episode. But also when yep. June just stabbed that guy with a pen and then clobbered him oh, with a statue. God. I'm like, yes. I know. Yeah. Um, but then the nice uh, twist, which I was not. Uh, this, I, I mean, this totally hit me out of the blue. At left, left, left field. field. That, Absolutely. Like, I was, I, I turned to Chris and I'm like... I did, did. Did that just happen? Yeah. Did, did that happen? Yeah. So Serena yeah. Waterford had totally planned this whole thing to throw Fred under the bus so that she could stay in Canada with her daughter, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, right. I totally did not see that coming at nope. all. I was like, man, because like, <sighs> nope. I did notice that there was there was something going on when she said goodbye to. Um, her Martha, oh my god, I can't remember the character's actual name now. But she definitely said goodbye to her like this was goodbye, you know, like she yeah. wasn't coming back. And so, you know, I knew something was up, um, but man, yeah. I had no idea that she had like really planned the whole thing. Um, because for a while there, I'm like, yeah, this is great because she had made the comment during the episode that, you know, like the Americans, like, you know, they think we're as weak as they are and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, they're sort of capitalizing on the fact that you want this baby. Um, but yeah, but right. now knowing that it was all her plan, it's just, it was just amazing. It's a wonderful twist. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't, I, I, I didn't see the, the twist of June um, taking out the other commander coming either yeah. i was fully in her with her head game that she was like talking herself into like you know you've done this before yeah. this is you know you just disassociate and you know she's stepping herself through it and then all of a sudden it just like flipped yeah. and i was like and then she whacked him with the statue and i was like i i can't predict this show <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that's saying a lot because I usually guess really well. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris said he, you know, he's like, "Oh, you you've said that several times watching this," and I'm like, "Well, that's why I watch it." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> can't I can't figure it out? There's always something that catches me that I don't see coming. I also didn't see the resolution with the uh, the Lawrences either coming. Yeah. So. Yeah. Although there was that awesome sort of line. Uh, near the beginning of this week's episode when June first finds out that the Waterfords have been arrested and uh, Commander Lawrence, he says something like, Waterfords are toast and you just got away with murder. Yeah. So must right, be a yeah. good morning. Must be a good morning. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. but very sad um, what happened to, to Eleanor. And I'm like, man, Eleanor. June, yeah. like, She's really sort of like walking the line there. Of she's got the moral ambiguity yeah, down, man. Yeah. I mean, that's just like where she lives now. Yeah, 
Which is interesting because then that ties back to the conversation that Luke and uh, um, Waterford had, oh. where he said, "I've changed her. Gilead's sure. changed yeah. her now." And then, like, you're like, "Well, you don't even know." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You literally don't even know what's happened in the last 24 hours. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. One thing that they they sort of just dropped the the storyline is seeing. Emily and sort of her adjustment back, you know? Yeah, I noticed that too. I was thinking about that when, during that conversation, I half expected the the next scene to go back to Emily. Mm -hmm. Um, especially since like the last we saw of her, she got arrested. Right. Like we didn't hear any, you know, her and Moira Moira got arrested and then Moira, Moira, you know, was dropping the baby off for the visitation Mm -hmm. and, there's like no mention whatsoever of any of the resolution for yeah. that. So maybe we'll see it next episode. Although, yeah, next episode is probably going to be I super don't know. packed with stuff. Yeah. Um. With, so yeah. yeah. So 52. season finale next week. I actually read an art. Like I know we had the discussion about how this feels like it. It needs to end soon. Um. But I yeah. read an article with the showrunner who actually said he has ten seasons mapped out. And I'm like, holy cow! Yeah, I'm like, man, what? <laughs> like, like I mean, you people start to tire of shows. I think once yeah. they hit about the sixth or the seventh season, yeah. And like, I always think five is the five is the sweet spot yeah. because usually by five they've you know worked out the kinks of whatever the you know mythology of the show mm-hmm. is in the first couple and then you have a couple of really solid seasons and like i always felt that way about buffy like season five of buffy is my favorite season mm. and i've come to appreciate the the later seasons for their um themes and their symbols mm. but not so much for like the tightness of the storytelling yeah. and i think almost always after five seasons something starts to kind of give yeah so i think five is the sweet spot but yeah. Ten. I don't I don't know if my heart can take <laughs> ten seasons of Gilead. Yeah. I just I just um, don't understand how this story can be stretched that far. And in the article that I read, the guy, I you agree. know, made the point that like, you know, in the Handmaid's Tale, the book, like we get this sort of piece of what happens in this character's life mm-hmm. and then it sort of jumps forward because the whole thing with the book is that she is recording, um, audio recording her experiences. Right. Um, and so then it jumps right. forward, uh, you know, past the time when Gilead has fallen. And so the guy is saying, well, we're just telling this story that happens between right. the times. So, um, right. so it's interesting. I'm also super excited and cannot wait to read, um, Testaments, which is the sequel. Two hands made steel, right. which is coming out in September. I had no idea it was coming so soon. Um, yeah, but yeah, pre-ordered already. Cannot wait to read it. Um, so yeah, so that's that's Handmaid's Tale. So uh, yeah, still uh, it's an amazing show. <sighs> if you, mm-hmm. I, I totally recommend it to people. I mean, I know that some people have a really hard time with it emotionally and it makes them very uncomfortable um, and unable to watch it. But man, it's still amazing. It's like one of my friends is, is like, yes. you know, like she is uncomfortable watching it, but she's like, the cinematography is just beautiful. 
and the way that mm-hmm. it's shot. Oh, and, yeah. 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 I said that um, t- uh, today when we were watching, too. I was just like, the the art direction on this show has been on fire this season. Yeah. I mean, like the one episode where um, they're doing the propaganda shot to pray for the baby or yeah. whatnot, and they have June standing in front of the statue with the wings coming off. Oh, yeah. my God. That scene, I just... Uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It's It's been really good. And I mean, even some of the small shots, like the way they framed... Um, the shot when Serena Joy was saying goodbye to her Martha. Mm-hmm. I want to say her name is Rosa, but I know that's not right. Um, uh, there's this light, this square light above them. And just, I don't know, just the way they were like standing in it. It just, yeah. yeah. And Martha yeah, with June, good stuff. they sort of like reach and like lock hands yeah. over the potatoes. It's yeah. just, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, beautiful. But anyhow, yeah. season yep. finale yep. is coming next week. So in our next episode, Regina and I will certainly be discussing yes. this. We will have something yes. to say, I'm sure. Um, and yeah. so let's hop back to Disney here um, for a little bit. So um, so The Lion King was released in the last couple of weeks, the live action version of The Lion King. I have not seen it, so I don't want to make a judgment call. But I have read many, many reviews that are not crazy about it. And the reason that they say they're not crazy about it is because, I mean, it looks beautiful. Like, the realism is amazing. um, But where it falls flat is that you can't animate on very realistic animals the type of emotion that you can get from a traditional animated film. Or even, like, a 3D film where characters are not sort of you know that realistic like pixar's characters for example they're they're not realistic so it's a lot easier to believe some of the the far out emotions that they have um but yeah and apparently the voice acting has been bad and i just like i don't know i like i kind of wanted to see it and now i don't know um Because wait for Disney Plus. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I guess I, I had to have it. But but like it makes sense, like thinking back and I actually saw the original Lion King not very long ago because I saw it it was released as like a sing along in the theaters like last year or something. So um we went to see that in the theater, um, you know, with Anna. She had never seen it before. And so just sort of thinking like some of the musical numbers, like, and one that was brought out in this review is the, uh, well, can't, I just can't wait to be king and sort of how mm-hmm. that's it's very much like a stage musical type production in the original one. And you just can't do that with realistic animals. And that, that's why it mm. sort of loses right. part of its soul. Yeah. Um, but I think this is, you know, this is what it's like the third or fourth live action Disney Something movie like we've seen so far. Something like that, yeah. Um, and obviously, we're seeing many, many more. I think they have probably everything slated. Uh, we know Mulan is coming. There's uh, this is the first right. time I heard about it today. Was that there's a Cruella movie coming, which yep. is supposed to be like a prequel to 101 Dalmatians, which might be interesting. Um, uh, that's like the, uh, I found, I didn't, wasn't super crazy about it, but I appreciated what they did with the Maleficent movie and how they sort of turned the story of Sleeping Beauty on its head a little bit. 
Um, but like, man, these, I don't know. I mean, it, it really, I mean, obviously it comes down to the fact that this is a cash grab, like they're playing on people's nostalgia, but I think, um, I don't know if it's going to, you know, wear out as well. It's welcome, you know, after a time. Well, it's, it feels like a lot. Yeah. Like there's, there's been so many of them because like Aladdin just came out too. Right. And it's like Aladdin and Lion King in the same summer when like those movies were what, two or three years apart when they were right. animated and they first came yeah. out because it was so much, um, you know, time it took to do the animation. So yeah. you got like everybody built up anticipation for the next one coming yeah. out, which you don't have when you have an onslaught of three a year, yeah. three or four a year. You know, it's the same way we felt with, like, the Star Wars movies, like, having the stories, like, you know, in between everything, you didn't have any time to build the anticipation for the next one coming. So I think they were kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit with that. Yeah, and I think, you but, know, not all of them really lend themselves. Like, Lion King, I honestly mm-hmm. think, did not lend itself. To yeah. begin with, to, yeah, I agree. to live action. Yep. And I also am yep. curious about The Little Mermaid, because I can't really picture yeah. how they're going to do... So it's much of that is underwater. Like, I mean, how yeah. that is going to Aquaman. Look. <laughs> Aquaman was a thing. I get it. did it all right. Oh, okay. I didn't see it, but... Aquaman was... I, I mean, yeah. It was mo- Here's the way they did it. They just kind of didn't... Like, they just moved different. But, like... <laughs> You didn't see the water. They just kind of pretended like it wasn't there. And it, you know? Yeah. Just change the environments. I, I, I'm not worried about them about them filming a movie that takes place underwater because Aquaman proved that you could totally do it. And Aquaman, for all of its flaws, Jason Momoa not being one of them, you know, <laughs> people like him. Um, but for all of its flaws... Oh, I love him. But the, the the way they handled stuff happening underwater was not one of them. I mean, the I can't help but so I, I listen and we talked you know we talk about the reviews for a lot of these movies being super critical. But like The Lion King's already made a billion dollars, yeah, and um, Aladdin made a ton of money too. And I don't really feel comfortable calling these cash grabs, and this mm. is why. Um, they spent a lot of money on these movies. Like, mm-hmm. the voice cast for, um, for example, the voice cast for The Lion King, they could have just grabbed some guys that did the musical on Broadway and done, like, a really cheap kind of thing. But, like, they tried something. It didn't, I don't think it executed, but I hesitate to call it a cash grab because they put a lot of time and effort into it. Like, for me, a cash grab is, you know, let's minimize our expenditure. Let's spend as little as we can. Let's get completely unknown actors. Let's get, you know, do, just squish this project and cut and cut and cut so we have a minimum viable product that we can say is the Lion King and then put that out so and trick people into seeing it. Um, and I don't think that's what happened. I mean, you, maybe they didn't execute yeah. on the vision appropriately. And that's fine because you're right. Like, you can't... The, part of the the Lion King's charm was that, like, man, they were really expressive and they made these critters into people. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not really easy to do that when we leave them looking like critters. Right. Right. And, I mean, we've all seen the memes. I've seen the memes of, you know, like, and they probably could have done something a little bit better. I, 
The the good news is there's only so many talking animal movies. <laughs> um, you know, like I think they're absolutely going to have a better cha- they're going to have a better time remaking Aladdin or Sleeping Beauty, right? Mm-hmm. right yeah. Or Snow White and the Seven Dwarves than the Lion King because the Lion King has those unique challenges. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I, th- I think it'll. I, I, I think they're doing exactly what they need to do. They're making a ton of money, helping them refresh the brand. Yeah. Which we all know that's probably a big piece of this, is that they have to make these movies again to kind of renew, you know, to to kind of get them in people's minds again, and also legally to kind of, like, protect, like, what they are doing. Mm. You know, so... They do clean up a lot of the anti, like, the the not PC stuff that happened in some of them, and change some of the plots a little bit to, like, thicken them up a little bit and, yeah. you know. Give them a so. little fresh coat of paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super looking forward to freaking Mulan, man. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, basically. Yeah. But, like, uh, it sounds great. I, and they're, I'm sure they're going to remake everything. Right. I, at the very least, I'm sure they're thinking about remaking everything. Yeah. Um, call me back when they when you, uh, when you want to do Black Cauldron. Um... <laughs> But I mean, why not? Yeah. I, no, I totally really ag- to. agree. They're you know they're gonna do everything that they can. Mulan looks super awesome, um, but the interesting thing with Mulan is that they're dropping the music, um, which is a big thing. That's part of these Disney movies. The music is iconic. Yeah. In all of them. Yeah, we talked about that last. Yeah. We talked about that last episode, and I defended the music, and right. then I went back and listened to it, and I. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I get, I get, I get where detractors would be coming from. <laughs> I understand. Okay. With a few of the musical numbers are, are, are bad. <laughs> but, um, can they, it, I think they would, uh, well, the only, the song I'm going to defend the most is, uh, A Girl Worth Fighting For. Okay. Um, because the end of that, when they come through the pass and they see the burned village, like, and the fact that they go through, like, this super happy inspirational song and it just cuts to just war and death, Mm. like, that was such a tonal shift. Like, they need to have that musical number in there. Mm. That one. Leave out everything else. I like the reflection song more. The one at the Okay, I mean, yeah, but... You mean the, 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 the princess song? Yes, the princess song. Sure. Where she stares sure. into the important water. Like, and one of the best parts of Ralph Breaks the Internet was when the princesses are telling Vanellope that she has to stare into an important water, and that's when she will find out um, what she really wants. Did you either of you guys see that? I did, in fact, see it, because no. uh, it's on Netflix now. Oh, okay. And I did see it, um, and it was very good. Yes. It was very good. Yeah, I love that movie. It was awesome. Um um, there did did you see that they're remaking Home Alone for Disney Plus? Right, yes, I did see that. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> Go ahead, folks. Why not? You know what, at this point nothing is sacred. Right. So just let's just do it. Let's just why not? I, I, I think that movie has been due for a remake for a while. Mm. Just because it's such a classic like concept. Yeah. And now with like drones and all sorts of other like and like Alexa and all sorts of like they could do some crazy shenanigans because he had like paint buckets and micro machines. Right. Let's be real, like a ten year old could could mess some dudes up. 
with like <laughs> living. You picture like living in. Maybe he doesn't live in Chicago. Maybe he lives in like Silicon Valley. <laughs> you know, parents are super distracted. Um, maybe his dad's like in the house. He's just in VR and just won't come out because he's like a Caltech researcher or something. <laughs> like this is all a pitch for you guys. You can take it. Um. And, you know, like, so dad is, like, in the house, but he just doesn't leave VR, so he's not there. And the kid's home, not technically home alone, but he is. And there's just so... I remember watching that first Home Alone movie in the theaters, and I died <laughs> laughing. And I watched it again with my boys recently, and... I did not laugh as hard because I am not, like, I think I was, like, 11 when that movie came out. But, like, every second of it, I was like, nope, they need to do another one because they could just they could just do it. And it's only gotten so much better with, like, the Internet of Things. Could you imagine, like, if he just, like, locked himself in, a, in his room and was, like, the man in the chair with, like, you know, running things from his tablet or his phone? <laughs> it would be so good. Like... It just the the bits write themselves. Right. Also, Joe Pesci is still alive. Like, let's get him to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just don't have Macaulay Culkin play the kid because he's a little. Oh yeah, God. he's uh, creepy. Yeah, creepy. That's that's he's one creepy. word for he's it. Creepy. <laughs> he's creepy. Um, Books and comics. I just finished reading this amazing book called The Calculating Stars. Um, which won all sorts of awards. I have the list up. Hugo, Nebula, all these kind of science fiction type awards. Um, I stumbled, well, I shouldn't say I stumbled upon it. Uh, I was searching for something new to read. I was thinking I wanted something sci-fi. I'd been reading a bunch of fantasy stuff, so I was thinking I wanted something sci-fi. So I was looking around, and um, there's this, um, it was a novella, sort of a long short story slash novella, um, called the lady astronauts on Mars, I think it was called. And, uh, and so, you know, there's has been a series of books, but it started from this little novella, which was 99 cents, um, on Barnes and Noble. So I'm like, okay, I'll spring 99 cents and read this thing and see if I'm interested in it. And I was totally hooked. And so now I've read the first book. I'm probably going to read the second one, but the gist of this is, is it, it's an alternate history where a meteorite, um, strikes the east coast of the U.S. in the 50s, basically creating an extinction event like what happened to the dinosaurs, which causes everybody to accelerate um, space travel and the ability to set up colonies in space. Um, and so this is talking about, um, you know, lots of the, they called them computers, um, the women, that sort of helped with the space stuff, sort of leaning a little bit into the the whole hidden fig hidden figures story. Um, so, mm -hmm. but it becomes like you've got these all all these qualified women, maybe even more so qualified than the men, that want to be astronauts and want to go into space. But there's whole patriarchy stuff is sort of holding them back. And you know, the story is about this this woman who is very very much you know determined to go to space, but She's, you know, she's not just like a single-mindedly flat character. She suffers from anxiety, and there are a few other things going on in her life. It's really interesting. Um, I thought it was really, really good. Like I said, I'll be reading um, the next one. Uh, so what about you guys? Reading anything? 
No. But uh, uh, reading no. Bigfoot, Littlefoot with my daughter, <laughs> but that's not me. Hey, it yeah. counts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We actually joined um, the Reading Rangers at, at our wow. library. Um, it's like a book club, but they—it's—it must be sponsored by someone. I don't know who, but you attend and they give you a, the book. Like you get to take it home oh, and keep okay. it. And so, like you have a, you attend and then then they send you home with the book and you read it and then you talk about it. And like very few times have I felt like the genetics of my like academic interests have manifest as clearly as they have in my daughter in the book club, <laughs> because she like they just ask questions like we're recalling the yeah. story and stuff. She knows ev- all of the answers. <laughs> she cannot hold herself in to like try to answer them like you're supposed to hold right, your right. hand up and be called on. She can't stop herself from answering. She yep, just that tracks. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like baby Regina. Yeah, that's baby Regina. For the longest time, Anna just did not want to read. Like I knew that she was capable of it. She just wasn't Mm -hmm. interested. And now she is, which is super awesome. Makes me very happy. Of course, it you know, yeah, it very much helps that um, her friend bought her the series of books called Dragon Masters for her birthday. Oh, this is like nice a crazy number of books in this Dragon Masters series, <laughs> but she really loves them. Um, That's funny. So, That's good. Yeah. And then, of course... Yeah. I wonder why, Regina. <laughs> can you put your finger on, like, why she might like this Dragon Masters? Nope. Books? It's no, a no mystery idea. to all of science. It is. It's yeah. a mystery, and there's yeah. Another, I don't There's get another it. Dragon um, series. I don't remember the name of it now, but Eric Watson, um, who... Uh, Writes for Pixelkin had recommended it to me. His daughter is about the same age as Anna, maybe a little bit older. Um, and he said that that she really liked this one. So I, I remember that I said something about it to Anna. And she's like, well, I think it's too violent. And I'm like, how did you? How? She's like, Apparently she had talked with some of her friends or some of the older kids that she was in after school care with who had told her that this was violence. <laughs> and so she just right. internalized that fact. And I'm like, well, you know, you don't know until you read it, but she doesn't want to. So whatever. So it's dragon masters, which is very easy for me to deal with. And captain underpants, which is yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you, did you, do you know the secret rescuers no. series? You might want to check that one out. That's got dragons in it too. It's like simple, short. It was one of the ones from the Reading mm-hmm. Rangers. Um, we read the first one. They usually read the first in a series, and then we check the next like three out of the book, out of mm-hmm. the library. Um, so the first one's a dragon. I think the second one's a unicorn. I can't remember what the oh, third man. one was. But yeah, they're, they're That'll super to- fun. I mean, the dragon one will be okay, but unicorns, man, Anna, yeah. has, she's not having anything of unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> My mother-in-law bought her a bracelet. <laughs> I think it was for her birthday. It's a cute little charm bracelet um, that has like her name on it. Like there's an A and an N and an A, but it has a unicorn on it. And therefore she will not wear it because it has a unicorn <laughs> on it. I'm like, That's yeah. Funny. So she's nothing to do with those unicorns, which is actually funny because she likes my little pony in which there are unicorns. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused. Oh, funny. Yeah, well, Anyhow. that's parenthood. 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> yeah. It no, doesn't. I don't believe that yeah. it does. Nope. Okay. Um, well, I think that wraps it up then. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or any other feedback, you can send an email to geekingmoms at gmail.com. I write for the Geek Embassy, not as much as I used to. I actually have to talk about them with you, Regina. Um, you can still find lots of my articles there. I wrote very prolifically yes. about Game of Thrones when the show was on. Um, yep. So, actually, you wrote more in between right. the seasons. <laughs> in anticipation. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I- I'm going to be writing again. I just got to get my head around what I need to write. And I'm starting to come up with ideas of way to sort of further the Game of Thrones sort of topic. Um, but I still need to get my head around it a little bit. So um, so that's yep. me. Uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, my uh, username is at Nicole Tanner. Uh, I'm not on Twitter all that much, honestly. But if you want to, there. Um. <laughs> well, that was a, that was a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't use this thing, but if you want to follow me on this thing, I don't use. I mean, I... Go ahead and throw my name yeah, in there. Yeah, no, I, I, I hop on it um, every once in a while. But no, I've been on it a lot more recently. Uh, hence, like I said, I was on it today and saw that the Boycott Borderlands was trending. Um, yeah. But anyhow, so that's me. Regina is head geek at the Geek Embassy and host of the Game on Girl podcast. Uh, so what's going on? Yes. At Geek Embassy, Regina. Uh, literally nothing right now. <laughs> Everybody is on vacation, I think. <laughs> and so I am hoping that the fall will bring a resurgence of us getting our act together. Yeah. So that's okay. the plan. Um, with, as I said last time, uh, we'll be at Rose City Comic Con. Um, I'll be doing What's Your Gamer Type panel. So definitely come check that out if you're local. And then go to Geek Girl Con where we're on a Game of Thrones of panel. And I'm on yeah. a couple of others too. Yes, Geek Girl Con is a must yeah. for everybody. Yes. Um, yes. And then Steven, Steven <laughs> <laughs> editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming. What's going on over there, Steven? Um, we're back. <laughs> I took the month of July off putting uh, not putting out a lot of written content. So we're back putting more stuff out. Um, and uh, the the biggest news is that uh, I am now an Epic Games uh, creator, oh. which means um, if you are listening to this and you are so inclined, um, you can put EF Gaming in the uh, supporter creator tool, um, like in that little spot where you probably put like Ninja or something <laughs> else, um, or maybe your kids have. Um, and you can put me, and as you spend V-Bucks, they uh, help keep the lights on over at Engage Family Gaming. That's our new thing. Nice. Because uh, I finally filled out a W-9. <laughs> Tax paperwork <laughs> sucks. Um, but other than that, we're back and we're going to start making more content. We are approaching episode 200 of our podcast. Wow. That's pretty cool. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back in a few weeks. Bye. Bye.